0: Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Uh, We're talking about on Wednesday nights, we're talking about finishing our course. We're talking about finding our destiny. We're talking about standing in front of the judgment seat of Christ. We're talking about running our race. We're talking about uh, doing what God appointed us to do when we we were in our mother's womb before we did anything right or wrong. Now, I know you all remember where I left off. Right, And so I had to get on um, our app and find out where we left off. So I know you don't remember. Um, So what we were talking about was the Apostle Paul said, this one thing I do. This one thing I do. Now, again, I want to tell you, that's big. Because there's many keys in your walk with God. But when the Holy Ghost through Paul says, there's one thing I do, then this is really, 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 really important. Forgetting those things that are behind So the things that have happened to you in your life, in your soul, the things that have happened to you uh, over your life, the things the devil's tried to do, the things people have tried to do inspired by the devil, just people being ornery to you, just life itself. Pastor Rhonda says nobody gets through this life without some dings, you know, because, uh, you know, somehow in our circle we think, well, if we do everything just right, then life is going to be perfect. God did not promise you that. What he did promise you, he would give you victory. You're more than a. That means you conquered something. (laughs) This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. That means we need faith to overcome something. Amen. You're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer in this life, but that means you got to go over some stuff. It doesn't mean. And again, God's not the one bringing it. It's because we live in a fallen world. It's because there is an enemy. Right? And so we have to be aware of that because the devil wants to try to stop you. He, can, he It's too late. To, to, you're born again. Filled with the Holy Ghost. On your way to glory. He can't stop that. But now what he's going to try to stop is the plan that God had for your life. And he don't know all of it. Because he doesn't know everything. Because remember, even the Bible says if the devil would have known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. So he don't know everything, but he can pick up some stuff. And so the devil has picked up some stuff in your life. And, uh, um, you know, so he, the devil and life itself tries to keep you out of your place. Now, don't raise your hand. But have you ever been disappointed? Have you ever been let down? Even in church, even by a pastor, even by don't me. He, uh, but, he, he, you know, it happens. But what you got to do is decide, none of these things move me. I will finish my course with joy. And that's not just for a minister, that's for everybody. You have a course to complete, and you are going to stand before the Lord, and you do want to hear, Well done. Amen. And you can find out what it is, and so we talked about that. but he said, so the past, oh man, the past can really keep you from finishing your course. Your past, what you go through, some, sometimes cause you to go on a break from God. But you know what? You can't afford that. I got too much going on. I need to quit doing. What, the first thing people do is quit doing what they do for God. That's the last thing you should quit. It's Wednesday night. Y'all been here all week. You, You should be louder than that. That's the last thing you should quit. There's grace in that. That's a power. That's ability. That, that lingers on you when you go. You, what you do on Sunday lingers on you on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday. I, and when you do it on Wednesday, it lingers on you on Thursday and Friday. And there, there, There's grace. There's an empowerment. That's you obeying God right? So you don't want anything in your past, anything that's hurt you. You, you got to work through it. How many of you know that our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions does get damaged, but Jesus is the healer of the broken heart. And you can't let anything, and I can't let anything. Back when I was a younger pastor, you know, um, I let some things hurt me. And so I decided that I had tried to help this person so much, and then they, they did something to me, and I decided I was going to pastor different. What I did was I decided that I'm going to become a teacher and I'm not a carer, I'm not a caregiver, and not going into their personal lives anymore. So I decided that. So I did that for two weeks and decided that's not my grace. My grace is to pastor. And so with that, I have to be what Pastor Rhonda calls the turtle, And uh, we were around two of the best turtles that I've ever been around. If you haven't been in Love Walk, I don't know, you should know what that is. And if you don't know what that is, that means you haven't been to Bible Institute and you need to get in it. Uh, And it's not too late. This quarter is the time, right? So a turtle is someone that's soft on the inside but got a hard shell. And my pastor and his wife, they have been through some stuff. Especially when you got a last name named Hagen. They've lived through some stuff, and they are some of the sweetest, kindest people. And, uh, but for two weeks, I decided I wasn't going to be one because I got hurt. And so I decided I was going to teach. I was going to obey God. I'm going to teach. I'm going to preach. But I'm, I'm not going to get involved in people's lives. But it didn't last long, thank God. I got over it. I got, had to get over it. I had to get over it. Paul said, there's one thing I do. Everybody say one thing. I do. Say, I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Forget the past. And remember I talked to you about having Manasseh. What is a Manasseh? Remember the Lord told Joseph, call your first son Manasseh. And what does it mean? It causes you to remember no more. That doesn't mean you've, you mentally won't remember what someone did to you. It just means it won't hurt anymore. It just means you can move on. How will he, That's not going to move me anymore. It's not going to cause me to withdraw anymore. I've got a course to run, and I'm going to do it. And how you run this race is you've got to do it with patience and endurance, perseverance, persistence. And so I want to talk to you because this is big on my heart, so big on my heart. And I think i figured some things out in my, current, my life right now because this is so big to me, and I, I'm trying to get it to you, but the, the devil really doesn't want you to get it. Are you, listen to me. The devil doesn't really want you to get it. Because if this is a message just for ministers, then it would have said only ministers appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Whatever you're ordained to do in your life, Where your happy place is, so to speak, where your place uh, in God is. It is the greatest joy. It is the greatest peace. God wants you to get there. Now, you may be there right now, but you also need to stay there right now. And so what you've got to understand is there's, there's things that God has given you on these Wednesday nights. And I hope a lot of people get these things. Um, and I may uh, develop this into a book uh, because it's just so big on my heart. And I've noticed in my 30-some years of ministry, I talk about this a lot. And so it's just big to me. Um, and yet I know the devil is going to try to do everything in his power to keep me from hearing well done. Because if I hear well done, that means I have impacted somebody that means I've done something you say well you're a minister no if you hear well done that means you will have obeyed and anytime you obey God whether it's in uh, you being an engineer whether it's you being a school teacher whether it's you being uh, you know working at doing what working at Walmart doing whatever God called you to do whether as a a husband or a wife uh, whatever you did in your community you obeyed God and you're, you're, you're doing that thing, obedience to hear well done, that means you impacted somebody. You're a minister of reconciliation. You got some people born again. You got them into church. Their lives were changed. You helped somebody. You were someone's Priscilla, someone's Aquila. You, you were someone's Ananias. What, you remember the, 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 the guy who wasn't a minister who got Paul, uh, who came to Paul? You don't have to be a fivefold to hear what well, it's not about being a fivefold, it's being what God called you to do. I'm going to tell you this by the Holy Ghost, someone in the, this room. I know you're trying. I know you're trying to get over it, but you just got to, I'm not going to let the past move me. I'm not going to hold back just because someone hurt me because somebody did me wrong. I'm going in with both feet. I'm going to obey God. Amen. I, I, I'm I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Amen. I'm going to obey God because I want to hear well done. Listen to me. I I I'm, I, I didn't plan to do this much uh, because I, somebody made me a strawberry cupcake that I'm going to eat. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, uh, but 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 listen to me. I, I think the important thing is that. We have, to, we have to decide we're not going to pull back. We're going to go all in. We're going to do it now. Because if you hear well done, good and faithful, that means you help somebody. That's what it's all about, right? Amen. And everybody, don't you all, I know I've belabored this, but doesn't everybody want to have a crown? Yes. To lay at Jesus' feet. The one who gave you everything. Yes, tithe. Yeah, those are all important. We, we don't. I don't want to belittle that. It's important. But your obedience. You're not letting anything or anyone get in the way, so that you can hear well done. And it's a fight. It's a fight. So we're going to talk a little bit about it. I'm not going to be here a long time, um, because you were here all week and. They do have cupcakes, so, and I know they're good. Luke chapter 14, how are we going to finish? Do you all want to finish? Everybody want to hear well done? How am I going to finish? Well, it's a, it's a marathon, right? You know the difference between a marathon and a, and a sprint, right? The sprint, you know, is over in seconds. The marathon takes a few hours. Well, in our life, This journey that we're on is like a marathon, and in that marathon, there are some things the devil and life wants to do to kick you out. So uh, I want you to make this, uh, I want to look at this because I want us to make a fresh commitment. Luke chapter 14, verse number 28, Luke 14, 28, says, For which one of you, intending to build a tower, sits down first and counts the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it? So, if everybody say finish. Finish. So, if you want to finish the course, what do you got to do? Well, you got to sit down first and you got to understand there's a cost. He's not talking about the financial cost, he is using that as an example, but in our life, it's not that much as much as what it's going to cost me. What's it going to cost me to be out in front? What's it going to cost me to stand up for Jesus? What's it going to cost me uh, with friends and family? What's it going to cost me in the current society? What's it going to cost me in the current culture? What's it going to cost me? It's going to cost you something. Praise the Lord. You can all handle this, right? It's going to cost you something. So you got to sit down and count the cost. Because a lot of people say I'm willing to pay it, but most people are not. Most people are not. But you gotta count the cost. A lot of the cost is self denial. A lot of the cost is I don't always get to do what I wanna do. Sometimes the cost is, is that people don't understand you, right? That's the cost. But you gotta, if you're gonna build this tower, if you're gonna finish your course, you gotta sit down and say, I'm willing. To pay the price, I'm willing to, uh, I'm counting the cost. Jesus had to do it. That's why he sweat great drops of blood his cost is greater than any of us, you know, the whole world put together, but you still, you and I still have to count the cost. It's easy to give lip service, y'all with me? It is easy to give lip service that I'll do whatever you want me to do. You know, the old Pentecostals, Rhonda grew up in it, Miss Lynette grew up, Pastor grew up in it. I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. I'll do what you want me to do, dear Lord, but don't ask me to do what I don't want to do, dear Lord, because I ain't going to do what I don't want to do, dear Lord. I'm just going to do what I want to do, dear Lord. And that is not submission to the Lord. That is not how you get here. That is not how you finish your course. Hallelujah. All I have is my life. I don't have your life. All I have is my examples, my testimony. Uh, Especially at the very beginning of all of this, um, I did have to lay down a whole bunch of stuff. I had to count the cost. Not, not hardly anybody understood what I was doing, believed in what I was doing, thought it was God in what I was doing. Um, I gave up a career. God may never ask you to give up your career, but he, asked, he may ask you to give up a Sunday morning to do something. He may ask you to give up some comfort to go lay hands on somebody that you don't know. That might think you a little cray-cray, but then they walk away healed. They think you're good. What is it? Everybody's cost is different. But you're going to have to, that's what he's saying, though. You're going to consider the cost. Y'all, y'all hear? Less happily, verse 29, after he had laid the foundation, because this is what a lot of people do. It's easy to start a thing. It's easy to start. I tell this example all the time. I don't have any better ones, so I'm going to tell it. So if we were, if I was going to run a marathon, I really believe that I can get a whole lot farther today than I could three or four years ago. Because I have been spending some time on the elliptical. I know it's not the same, but I can get, I can get, used to I could maybe do half a mile. Maybe I can do two now. <laughs> uh, um, but I can go. I can find out the best running shoes for a marathon. I can go get, uh, if any of you know me, I would get a pair of shorts and a shirt that matched and socks that match, and the, and the shoes would go with them, of course, uh, because I want to look good. If I'm going to run 26 miles or whatever, I got to look good while I'm doing it. So I would do that, and um, and and so I would get, it reminds me of a time, don't you go like this, it reminds me of a time we were going, uh, we were going to learn how to ski. We were going to learn how to snow ski up in the Smoky Mountains, right? We were going to learn how to, and we got us some clothes, and we we took a picture because we look good. We look good. We're up on the, you know, uh, they have that thing where you go up on the ski lift, and they take a picture. We look good. And so we didn't, we went to this first thing, and it wasn't even the bunny slope, what they called the a bunny slope. I don't even know if it was the beginner thing, but we figured out that we could not ski. Mm. We would not be skiing today. What? I could ski. I just couldn't stop. She's good. Yeah, she couldn't. Go. I just couldn't do it. Is that the same trip I tried to ice skate? Oh, that's a different trip. I tried to ice skate because I can roller skate. I'm talking about you can start something. I got, my, I got my ice skates on. I had my skis on that time. We really did look good. I think we had pictures. It was good Look, it was good looking. And uh, we had matching stuff on. We bought it all. You know what I mean? We looked good. Couldn't skate. We didn't count the cost. We should have taken some lessons. Then I decided on the same plate up in the Smokies, I decided if I can roller skate, I can ice skate. But you should find that couple that as I was going, this newly married couple, that I grabbed both of them and from their top to the bottom slid down them. It's quite embarrassing. I started, I put on some shoes, and I thought I could do this thing, yeah, right. but I didn't count the cost. And those are just funny. But the truth of the matter is, most people start. Now I know I'm not talking to y'all because you're more the you're, you're finishers. Aren't you glad Jesus is not a starter only? Amen. He's the Alpha and Omega. Yes, he is. He's the beginning and the end. He just didn't start a good work in you. He's going to perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. Because he doesn't know how to do, he doesn't know how to just start. He's a finisher. Amen. Amen. But us, you and I, this is good for us. We have to make sure that once we start something, I see some of you in this room, you've been hanging out around here and with God for a very long time. So I, I believe you're going to finish. But there's some of you just getting started in this room. We have a lot of people who start Bible Institute in August. But by the end of first quarter or second quarter, I'm like, where'd they all go? Because they didn't count the cost. They meant well, but sometimes you just got to make up your mind, I'm going to finish. I can start a marathon, but I highly doubt that I can finish one. But I have made up my mind, and I can't tell you the devil hasn't fought me. But I've made up my mind. I'm going to hear "Well done." Y'all can pray for me because I need your help. Because I want everybody needs help. We want to finish. Amen. Amen. So you got, but you got to. After it says he laid the foundation, so you got started. You bought the tennis shoes. You bought the shorts. You got, you went, paid your fee, and you got your number. She can't finish because you didn't count the costs. She didn't prepare, and that would be true about a race, but it's also true about this running our course, our destiny. And then it says, "This he was not able to finish it, and all that beheld it began to mock him." One of the things about the devil is he is ruthless, he's mean, and he's nasty. And he loves it when you fail. And he loves it more when you blame God. Yeah? But you got to make up your mind. I'm not quitting. If I fall down, I'm getting up. I fall down seven times, I'm going to get up one more than I fell. Amen? Amen? It's not about falling. It's about getting back up. Amen. Amen. It's not about falling; it's about getting back up. It's not about making a mistake; it's about repenting and getting back up. Because yes. that's what it takes to finish. That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So others began to mock, saying, "This man began to build, but he's not able to finish." You know, Zechariah. Well, you probably you may not. Zechariah four nine. It says, "The hands of Zerubbabel." Zechariah four nine. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, and his hands will finish it. Zechariah four nine. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid this foundation of this house. And that His hands will also finish it. Everybody say finish. finish. In other words, he laid the it says here he laid the foundation, but he also finished it. And it says, and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. And then Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. You all love this one. I love this one. For I know the thoughts, Jeremiah 29, 11 and 13. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. The Lord wants you to finish your course. Amen. Amen. He wants you to forget what's in the past, but he wants you to sit down, count costs, and say, I'm going to finish. I'm going to do what it takes to finish. Hallelujah. Then it says, uh, thoughts of peace not of evil to give you an expected end. Then you'll call on me. And you'll go and pray unto me, and I will hearken to you, and you'll find me when you seek me and search with me for me with all your heart. So I I I said that, but then so we so we know we gotta let things go. We know that uh, we got to sit down and count the cost. But in this marathon, so I've sit down, I've counted the cost, I've made up my mind, none of these things are going to move me, and I'm going to finish my course. Now, what do I need to run the course of the span of my life, whether it's 80 or 120 years? I decided I just turned 60, so that makes me uh, right at midlife, hallelujah, and so or something like that. But but I got to finish my course. I got to make up my mind that I'm going to go forward and finish my course how am i going to do it well i call this the three p's of faith the three p's of faith and this is what you're going to need to run your race to finish your course so let's find them these three p's of faith they are patience perseverance And persistence, and it's this way it works with anything. But how you know the just shall uh, they live by faith. So if I'm going to live by faith, I'm going to run my course by faith. I'm going to find my destiny by faith. I'm going to do my life by faith. That's every day I'm going to live by faith, not by what I see. And this is how you finish. So if you if you do tomorrow what God asks you to do, and you keep putting those together. And, and along the way, if you stumble, if you decide, I'm not going to let that stumble, I'm not going to let that sin, I'm not going to let that problem, I'm not going to let that person stop me, I, I, I sat down, I counted the cost, now I'm going to do whatever I need to do, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to repent, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get up, I'm going to dust myself off, I got some friends around me, you know, hallelujah, it's woe to someone when they're alone, but you know, uh, uh, when, when you got somebody else, they can pick you up if you fall down, uh, you know, 3 chord thing, never going to be broke, all that kind of stuff, right? And so I've got to decide. So if something happens that day, I'm going to keep getting up. I'm going to keep going. How am I going to do that? I'm going to do it with patience. I'm going to do that with perseverance or endurance. And I'm going to do it with persistence. So where do we get those? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Uh, let's look at the Amplified Classic. I'm not going to keep you much longer. Hebrews 12, 1. I know that surprises you, but I really mean it. Therefore then, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and the sin that does so easily uh, defy and cleverly cling to and entangle us. And that's part of of what we're going to look at one day. But let us run with patient, patient, let us run with Patient endurance and steady and active persistence to the appointed course of the race that is set before us. So we have this race that was given to us in our mother's womb before we did anything right or wrong. We sat down. We counted the cost. We are going to finish this course. Now, what are one of the things I gotta do? Yes, I gotta get rid of the sin. Yes, I gotta get rid of the weights, and we will look at those. But what I gotta have, then um, I gotta understand that I'm gonna need three things I'm gonna need patient endurance and steady and active persistence if I'm gonna finish the appointed course of the race that is set before me. If I don't have patience, persistence and perseverance I'm not going to finish my course I may make it to heaven because I'm born again I may get some victories while I'm here on the earth but I may not hear well done good and faithful servant if I don't have patience if I don't have persistence or endurance if I don't have perseverance what is patience Uh, Do you all got patience? I know somebody told you don't pray for patience. You don't have to pray for it. You just get it from God, get it from the word of God. What is patience? Enduring trouble, hardships, that sounds like fun, annoyance, delay without complaining or getting angry. Are you patient? (laughs) Are you patient? Well, you can work on that one all the time. You don't even have to pray. Lord, give me patience. Uh, you can you can wake up in the morning and need, you know and exercise it. But this is you exercising it. I I have patience. Where do I get it? And let us run with patient endurance. Okay, w- w- let's look on. And it says, so what is per- perseverance? The holding to a course of action. Perseverance is holding to the or endurance is holding to a course of action, belief or purpose without giving way or giving in. So i got to have patience, i got to have perseverance or endurance, and i got to be persistent. Refusing to give up. Come on. If you just get some persistence about you and just refuse to give up. I refuse to quit. I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm going to just keep showing up. I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. I'm just going to keep doing this. If you, if you, I'm going to be persistent. Uh, I like this. Tenacious, lasting longer than usual and lasting longer than everybody else. Persistent, persistent, patience, perseverance, persistence, okay? Well, it's important because even in our faith walk, if you looked at uh, Hebrews chapter 6, talking about Abraham and his faith, if you look at Hebrews six twelve. It's, it says that about him, Hebrews 6, 12, it says, In order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards, but imitators, behaving as those d- d- as do those who faith by the leaning of the entire personality of God on Christ, and absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness, and by practice of patient endurance and waiting, wait on the Lord, Waiting is not inactivity. Waiting on the Lord from Isaiah, the song we sang, is not you doing nothing. That's not waiting on the Lord. Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Well, no, that's not waiting on the Lord. That's, that's maybe the natural waiting, and, and, but that's not waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is an exchange. And what are you doing when you're waiting on the Lord? I'm just going to jump ahead because that was my last scripture to get to, but they sang it and I was already stirred up. I really wanted to start there because they, uh, but, but when you wait on the Lord, you what? You receive strength. Why do you need strength? You need strength for patience. You need strength for uh, perseverance. You need strength for uh, endurance. It, it says right here that, that Abraham had these things, that a patient. He, he waited longer than he thought it was going to be. Maybe the Lord gave you something of what your life should look like, and it doesn't look like that yet. You be patient. You persevere. You be persistent because God is not a man that he should lie. Well, I messed it up. Well, that guess what? Forgetting those things that lie behind. Come on. There's only plan A with God. There's only plan A with God. There's not a plan B. There's not a plan C. You haven't messed it up so much that you are not a unique individual that God can't fix it. Amen. You are not that special. What I mean by that, you're special, but you're not that special where God can't fix it. He can fix anybody's mess. He can raise anybody up from a dunghill. He can raise anybody up to sit with the princess, and he can fix your mess, even if you made it. Now, everybody else may not be okay with that, but God will do it. Amen. But. Patience and perseverance. How do I get it? Let's just jump ahead to it. Let's just, how, how are we going to get it? Because you need it. Um, where am I going to get this? Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. Amplified classic. Well, you know, all right. He won't let me jump ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Let's go back to Romans 6. I want to cheat you. You're here. Um. Uh, Verse 15, Hebrews 6, Amplified Classic. And so it was that he, Abraham, having waited long and endured patiently. God said it. God, Remember, in their case, a baby was involved. But God had to reposition Sarah. And it wasn't necessarily when they wanted it done. But at the right moment, I believe, God walked by a tent talked to Abraham Sarah was in it and she needed to hear from God herself she needed to hear from God herself she'd heard what Abraham said that God said to him but she finally heard it for herself and when she heard it for herself that was the plan of God all along that was her course that was her destiny but it took longer she and a a, and he, he did it too, and Abe messed it up big, not little. Isn't it amazing? Couldn't have God have gone and found another friend? Couldn't he have gotten us another father in the faith? Could have. These two are so messed up. Aren't you glad God doesn't give up on you? He believes in you. I think, I think I've think i only said this to one person one time. I was talking to them about the Lord. I don't remember where it was. But I heard somebody else say it. And they said, well, I don't believe in Jesus. And I, I said this, but he believes in you. Aren't you glad he believes in you? He puts something in you. When you were in your mother's womb, when you couldn't do anything about it, and it's never too late to fulfill it, there's only a plan A with God. Now listen, life happens, and the scenery may change, and the people in the car may be all different, (laughs) but the route will somewhat be similar. You can't go back and fix everything all up and try to make everything all perfect, but God can take you from where you're at and he can get you to your desired end, to your expected end. He's good like that. But what do you need? Well, you need some patience. You need some persistence. You need some perseverance. So Abraham, having waited long and endured patiently, Realized and obtained in the birth of Isaac as a pledge of what was to come, what God had promised him. And then y'all, y'all know anything about Job? James 5.11. What do we know about, you know, everybody gets a lot of things out of Job. Uh, The Lord cleared it up in James, what you were supposed to get out of it. James 5.11. You know how we call blessed, happy, amplified classic again, James 5.11. Who were steadfast. Who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job. And you have seen the Lord's purpose of how he richly blessed him in the end. In the end. You're supposed to get the end of Job. I know everybody says I'm just like poor old Job. If you ever feel like you're poor, like poor old Job, you ought to jump up and dance around the room and run around. I know he had some loss, but he doubled. Yes, he did. He and you know. Never mind. I was gonna be a smart. I like, but I think I'll move on. Hallelujah. You remember his wife said, just curse God and die. Got a better one. Anyway, so uh, I don't know. Praise the Lord. All right. You know the endurance of Job. I am gonna say, patient, persistent, persistent, perseverance. And perseverance means endurance. I just gave it a P so you could remember it. Because see, patience, endurance, and persistence is not as cool as patience, perseverance, and persistence. The three Ps of faith. How do you get it? Colossians 1.11. We pray, Amplified Classic again. We pray that you would be invigorated and strengthened with all power According to the might of his glory. So, 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 so what, what does that glory do? To exercise every kind of endurance and patience, perseverance, and forbearance with joy. What should I do then? How, how do I get my patience? How do I get my perseverance? How do I get my uh, persistence? Well, I should get in the glory. I should get in the presence of God. I should get in the anointing. I should experience some joy. When when it's like um, when I'm getting when it's interesting how the Lord. Yes, it's from the Word of God. Yes, it's an impartation from the Word of God. But when the glory of God, when the presence of God, when you enter into worship, when you when you ministering to the Lord, when the anointing is present, what is it doing in you? It's downloading in you. According to this scripture, it's downloading into you endurance and patience and perseverance and forbearance and There's joy with it. And so I need that in order to finish my course. So if I've got this long course to run, then I should be spending a lot of time in the glory of God. I should be spending a lot of time in the presence of God. And when So what does that also mean? If I'm not spending much time in the presence of God. If I go to church all my life and I've never experienced the presence of God. If I go somewhere and around people that the anointing of God is never there. What does that mean? Then It seems to me, according to the scripture, that I'm not getting the endurance and the patience, the perseverance. I'm not getting those things that I needed. It's like taking a vitamin and and those things, the benefits are showing up. The glory has benefits. The anointing has benefits. The presence of God has benefits. And one of them that you may never thought about was this patience and perseverance and persistence. I noticed in my life, the more I am in the presence of God. The the better everybody else seems to be. The less of a pain in the neck the, uh, our people. When Pastor Ron and I would get married, and she married me, uh, you know, uh, I we were I, I you know, and still am just full of the Holy Ghost and stuff. But when I would get a little temperamental, or carnal, or hard to live with, she'd say. You need to go spend some time with Jesus. And she wasn't kidding. Because all of us are a little more patient, kind. We're able to endure when we've been in his presence. Because when we're in his presence, he's downloading this into us. And so if you're going to finish your course, then that means a lot of your time you're going to have to spend in the presence of God. You're going to have to get in the glory of God because he's downloading this into you so that you can make it into the end. Well, let's do it. Isaiah 40, 31. I got this in the New American Standard Bible. Isaiah 40, 31. Yet those who wait for the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31. New American Standard. Those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. Those who wait. So what is that? I'm in his presence. What am I doing? I, I'm exchanging. I'm ministering to him. And as I'm ministering to him, I give him my strength. And then he gives me his strength. I, I, give, him, uh, uh, I give him what I got going on and I exchange with him. I'm waiting on him. I'm waiting on him. Like It's more like, a, like a, at a restaurant. That's the kind of waiting that it's really talking about. It's bringing you something. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm exchanging. I, I'm worshiping him. And then he's downloading something into me. Uh, those who weigh the Lord will gain new strength. They will. after With that strength, with that endurance, with that patience, with that persistence, what are they going to do? They're going to be able to mount up. <laughs> They're going to be able to mount up. With wings like eagles. You're going to be able to do what? Run. And not get tired. You will reap only if you're not weary. The reason that people get knocked off course, I can tell you this one by great experience. You get knocked off your course because you get weary. Weary with life, weary with people, weary with problems. You know, most of you in this room, the devil don't send you just one problem anymore. You know, Pastor Hagen was talking about a mountain range. That's what he does to most people who've been doing this a while. He don't just send you one problem. You're going to laugh at that, command it to go, and go on with your day. But what the devil will do to most of you in this room is what? Four or five things. And it almost gets comical. So, well, that's not funny, Pastor. Yeah, if you make it funny, that's a good try. Once you figure out what he's doing, that's a good try, devil. Ha. And you can speak to every one of them at the same time, and they all got to go. Hallelujah. What's the devil trying to do? He's trying to wear you out. What's the last three years have been about? Wearing you out. I ain't worn out. Are you worn out? <laughs> this week about warming out, but, but no, i kidding, <laughs> kidding. But I'm going to mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not get tired. They walk and they won't get weary. I'm not going to get, where did I get that from? By waiting in the Lord, yeah. waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. Those that wait on the Lord, well, they're going to renew their strength. They're going to mount up like eagles. Hallelujah. We're not going to get tired. We're going to run. What are, you gonna, what are you running? What does this have to do with? We're going to run. You're going to run your course. This yes. is about running your course. This is about finishing your race. This is about doing the divine destiny on your life. In the Namakib, makaloko. In the Manaki, Makaloko, Makalasia, Bastave, Nabuete, Mangrande, Chafenini, Bascanau, Jatalande. So as you run your race with me, stay in my presence, walk in my glory. It's on the inside of you. Speak my word only, and I will make plain the path in front of you. The mountains will come down, the valleys will come up. I will make the crooked places straight. And when I give you a grande levrande, Brata, even an assignment that doesn't make sense to your mind, trust me, trust me, and just do it. And I will make a way for you, and I will cause great things to happen for you, but you must obey. Get out of your mind so that you can get out of your own way. And I will do for you what I promised you even before you knew my voice in your mother's womb. Wow. What? Huh. Well, I don't have scripture for this, but God does everything by speaking. He took the time to form us out of the dust with his own hands. Maybe when you're in your mama's womb, he spoke who you were, who you should be. Wow. Glory to God. He's going to help you. He's going to help us. We got big things to do. You all got big things to do. Amen. How are you going to get some endurance? I'm going to spend some time in his presence. I'm going to spend some time in his word. Hallelujah. He's going he's to. Um, and we're not going to let anything knock us off course. Amen. I like this. I want to I I throw this one at you before you go, because I use this scripture a lot—Galatians chapter five, verse seven. Because why do we? We need steadfast. We need endurance. We need perseverance. We need patience. We need persistence. Galatians five seven. Let's do NLT on that one. Five seven. He says, "You were running the race so well." You were running the race so well. Who, held, who has held you back from following the truth? You were running so good. See, the devil going to send people, going to send problems, going to send situations. Why? To knock you off your course. And th- listen, the Lord dealt with me even while we were away. He's like, well, you, even as you preach this, you're not quite understanding. The things sometimes that you deal with is not a, just about a, a temporary thing. It all has to do with the devil trying to knock you off your course. Get you moved out of the way. And you might think, well, that's, I'm just me, and it's just, you know, I don't really influence people. Yeah, but you're supposed to influence people. You have someone to influence. You influence more people than you know. You're a minister of reconciliation. So the devil wants to knock you off course. What am I doing on Wednesday nights? We're getting everybody on course. We're getting everybody on plan A. We're going to finish our course. How the Cornerstone Word of Life church members are going to be known for hearing well done, good and faithful servant. And there are going to be a whole lot of crowns going at Jesus' feet because we obeyed. Amen. Now listen to this. I don't use this all the time, you know. Um, the uh, Message Bible, which is not um, uh, a translation. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a paraphrase. It's, it's, it's something to get some things from. It's not an addition you should study out of all the time. Uh, So, But I like the message, what it says here. Galatians 5, 7 and 8. You were running superbly. Who cut in on you? Who cut in on you? Deflecting you from your true course of obedience. This detour doesn't come from the one who called you into the race in the first place. The devil's always trying to detour us. How do we avoid the detour? Be full of patience, persistence, perseverance. How do we get it? We get it in the presence of God. Father God, I thank you for each and every person in this room tonight. I thank you that they are going to run their course. They are going to do plan A. They are going to finish their course with joy. They are going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And I thank you tonight, Father, that we are receiving uh, patience, perseverance, and persistence to run our course with joy. And I thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. I want to just say this before we go. Um, uh, (laughs) the Lord gave me this back in the back and, uh, um, you know, you all are great sowers, and I know Pastor Belinda already took up the offering. We talk about this, but I just felt encouraged tonight uh, to share this with you. You know, uh, some of you, even for my birthday, you've given me. You know what a Pentecostal handshake is. I appreciate Pentecostal handshakes. I appreciate cards of all that. But I take that. you have given that to me. You're sowing it. It's not just a gift. Uh, you're sowing it. And me and the, me and. Pastor Rhonda and the Lord, we have a deal. No one sows into us that it doesn't, you know, that it's available to get it back to them. Amen. Coming back to them. But I don't know why I was thinking about this. Some of you think sometimes, well, I just don't have much. But um, uh, when we were growing up on the farm, um, we had a garden, and I was um, supposed to keep the weeds out of the garden. I wasn't very good at it because I was not a farmer. Um, I was born in the wrong place. Anyway, but um, we were supposed to do that. But I remember sometimes, um, this is a silly, maybe you think it's silly, but uh, when you buy potatoes and uh, you let them, you don't use them. My mama makes, uh, if you don't know this, she makes a great roast beef, potatoes, carrots, and we grew up on that. And I still have that a lot, just had it Sunday. And sometimes, though, if you don't use those potatoes, the kind that she bought, they get um, eyes on them. You know what I mean? And so some of you may not understand this, but that it, on the potato itself, you got a potato, but it may pop out ten eyes. Well, you know you can kind of get them off, but a lot of time when the eyes start coming in, they, they're no longer that good to eat. Uh, so what you do with those eyes, if it's the right time, is you cut where the eye is, you take them to the garden, and you plant them in a hill. And then you get 10 to 15 potatoes that you didn't have before. The point is, what most people think is waste, not much. It's just a little eye on a potato. If you plant that, it gets you 10 to 15 really good new potatoes. And when I was back there, I was like, I hadn't thought about that since I was, you know, because, but even if you don't think your life or your seed or what you have is much, from now on, I want you to think about it. It's like that potato. Most people would throw it away. But instead of throwing it away, if they would have planted it, if they would have cut the eye, that little thing that grows up that you know is probably not good to eat anymore. It may not be good to eat anymore, but now it's good to sow. It's good to plant. And from that, 10 or 15 tomatoes. Potatoes. Tomatoes. Potatoes. And somebody needed to hear that. And I don't know if it with your life. God wants to give back to you. Give to him. Give him you. Even if you don't think you're much of a potato. If all you feel like you got left is a little potato, a little. The little eye on that potato, you don't think. But if you'll sow yourself to God, if you'll give yourself to God, he'll make you produce. And that's where you're going to be happy. That's where you're going to be successful. That's where you're going to be good.